0: Welcome to the No BS Health and Happiness Podcast with me, your host, Amanda Kate. Women's coach and personal trainer, master mindset practitioner, timeline and hypnotherapist. With over a decade of helping women eliminate the blocks in their way of feeling amazing inside and out, I want to help you do the same. So I'm going to share with you life changing, no BS, straight talk to help you master your health and happiness. And welcome to episode five of the No BS Health and Happiness podcast. I took a couple of weeks off because it was my birthday and I went away for
1: a holiday and uh, it was six years overdue and I have to tell you, it was so soul filling, but I'm back rejuvenated, invigorated and uh, back on your airwaves to share with you so much more To continue to support you on your health and happiness journey. But today I want to do something a little different, and I felt really called to talk to my own story. And so I want to share with you how I made my way out of a really shitty place with my health and happiness. And I feel like this might go over a couple of episodes, so I'm going to use this as part one. (laughs) And for those of you that don't know me personally, you know, this is also just a way for you to get to know me better. And I hope that part of my story, no matter what you're experiencing on your health and happiness journey, helps you to feel that you're not alone and that you too can create a health and happiness, the health and happiness lifestyle that you truly want. Because I have to tell you, it is possible. You know, I I have created that for myself. I've supported hundreds of women to do the same. And, you know, I know what it feels like to feel like it's impossible, that it's too hard and that it will never change. But I'm here to tell you that it really will. It will. So where do I start? Okay. From a really young age, um, I've always felt like I didn't truly belong, like I didn't fit. And there was always this narrative that ran in the background of my mind that I just wasn't important. Now, since I can remember, I've had this feeling and it's kind of run in the background since I can remember. And it's of nobody's fault. This is a concept that I created, a story that I ran from a young age. And I don't know, I mean, middle child syndrome, you're always comparing yourself to your other siblings. You're always comparing yourself to other kids at school. It started from a young age. And since I can remember, I've always kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider. And that was the story that I've had running for a really long time. It's obviously transformed now, but that's where it sort of started. So from a young age, I kind of had always had this story that I just wasn't important enough. And how this played out in my in my youth was that I really overcompensated with my personality. Um, and how I put myself out there to be seen, to have people like me, <laughs> to feel like I was important and to feel like I belonged. And how I did that was with humor. It was in my nature to be silly. It was in my nature to like make people laugh. That was the thing that like I kind of knew that I was successful at like having someone like me or um, thinking you know feeling like somebody felt that I was valuable in their life if, If I could make them laugh, if they thought of me as like, oh, I love that chick, she's so funny. Um, And so I overcompensated. I was silly and, you know, I really craved to just make people laugh. And so that was the way that I overcompensated. As a child, I worked really hard. I felt like I did anyway. (laughs) Maybe I'm just naturally funny, but I felt like I worked really hard to have people like me. And I'd never had any issues making friends. Um, but that inner dialogue of like, I'm not important, you don't belong, was where I kind of I was always doubting and I was always questioning whether or not people liked me, whether someone was being genuine, and um, you know, whether or not, you know, especially in high school, you're kind of always questioning, like, oh God, you know, do they really like me or are they just feeling sorry for me kind of vibe. And so that's how I overcome said that's how it played out in my youth. And then when I became a teenager when I went to high school you know this self-concept that I already had was kind of highlighted and, and, it, and it transpired into my body image the moment I had comments made about my physical body and I have to say like there was nothing wrong with my physical body I was flat-chested I was flat-chested until I had my first child um so you know when you're 13 and you have a comment made about your body and it not being enough for somebody or it being unlikable or undesirable, it does allow you the space to then validate whatever limiting concept you already have. And so I already felt like I wasn't important enough. I already felt like I wasn't enough, or like I didn't belong. And so this comment, and there was not just that, but a couple of other things that had played out that I decided that that meant, oh well, I'm not important enough because obviously I don't look like I should. I'm not pretty enough. right And so suddenly from a t- from my early teens I started to really now hyper focus on my appearance and my physical body. And um, from that moment onwards, I was just so consumed with how I looked. I was always worried about and conscious of, you know, having braces in high school. I was conscious about my freckles. I was conscious about my hair. I was conscious, yeah, about my flat chest um, and conscious about, you know, my weight, which was just a byproduct of those initial insecurities, right? And so... This is where my relationship with my body really, I suppose, started to form, and not in a great way. I got my first boyfriend when I was 15, and that wasn't a great experience either. I wasn't treated very nicely. It was a good couple of years as well. And this is where so much of my already limiting and toxic belief systems about myself just started to be validated. And this is the powerful thing about our psychology and the decisions that we make about ourselves and the identity that we form for ourselves, is that once we make a decision about who we are, once we have created a belief about ourselves, we start seeing evidence to prove that to be true. And we start attracting people into our lives that make us feel even more like that. We start to attract and, you know, we start to um, manifest these experiences, these events, these people, these interactions that align with your concept of yourself. And so, you know, in my teens, I really attracted a really crappy relationship where I was treated like crap and that just reinforced my already negative perception of myself and so, from that moment, like certain behaviors would start to become even more embedded. Where I would stop eating, I wouldn't eat my lunch at school. I would throw, I would throw food away. Uh, I would say that I was full when I wasn't. I started becoming hyper conscious and hyper aware of the food that I was eating and how I looked, and I started to want to be hungry. And this was all because I had now built upon this already concept of myself of that I wasn't important, and then I built upon that with, oh, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm not important, I don't belong because of how I look and I'm not enough, my body isn't enough, it doesn't look like it should. And so my behaviours now started to match this belief system where I felt like I needed to change my body in order to fit in, in order for people to love me or to, for me to be desirable. And so that really began my relationship with food, exercise, and my body. And this continued for quite some years. And so my high school relationship ended at the end of high school, um, and I, was, I found myself in another relationship, which was a long-term relationship. And at the, the start, it was lovely and, and supportive and, you know, so, so lovely. Um, But as time went on, and obviously certain events take place and experiences and those sorts of things, um, you know, my behaviour in relation to my health and my happiness really spiralled. And the more unhappy I became within myself, um, the more detrimental my behaviours would become. And the more unhappy I was in my relationship, the more red flags I started to see in my relationship. And so, You know how I felt within myself, in my skin, and you know, in space, in my relationships. The more I felt, uh, it spiral out of control, and this is where it really impacted my mental and emotional health. And so. In my early twenties, I um, was in I was in the beauty industry. I was a beauty and massage therapist. Um, I'd moved down south, and you know, at that time, I felt like I was in the right place. I'd made some really nice friends. That underlying inner dialogue was still there. I felt like I had to try really hard to fit in and be important, and and those sorts of things. But I still made some really great relationships and friendships down there, and. The thing that was challenging was that at that time, my relationship with myself was probably the worst and the most unhealthy. Um, I was definitely addicted to exercise, hours and hours a day. Um, I was taking fat blaster pills. I was, you know, conscious of how much food I was eating, um, how much I was exercising. I yeah, it was not great. And my mental health in relation to my relationship was not great either. And this spiraled out for quite some years. Um, and, you know, I tried to look for solutions. You know, I thought, okay, cool, I'm not happy here. You know, I wasn't addressing the roots of it, but I wasn't happy, so something had to change. So I decided to go travelling. Partner at the time, we were like, cool, we sold everything, we packed up, we moved over to the UK. But the inner dialogue in my relationship with myself, it didn't change. It didn't go away, right? I was just trying to run away from the experience and, you know, those superficial changes like changing where I lived and and having adventures and having experiences, that didn't change my perception of myself. And I came back to Australia and moved to Perth and this is where I – had an amazing uh amazing boss and an amazing workplace where I felt inspired and motivated and I felt really supported and at that moment at that time I was inspired to study to become a personal trainer and I did now at the time I felt like I was in some kind of semi control I felt happier being back in home in Australia um you know, my relationship was okay. I still wasn't that happy, but I felt better within myself. I was in a really supportive workplace. Um, and I had a bit of a rhythm. It was still toxic with my exercise. I was exercising, doing two workouts a day and I would run 10 K's a day. And this just became like a habit. And because it felt like an easy habit for me to do, I perceived this as health. And so many of us do this. We mistake our disordered eating patterns or our disordered behaviours and we labelled them as healthy. Um, so I kind of was at peace with where I was at and I was kind of in a bit of unawareness that what I was doing and how I was behaving was actually still a problem. Um, so we became a PT and I really wanted to really, you know, utilise that skill to continue my own journey in feeling better within myself and within my body and you know like I said before I had blanket blanket labeled my behaviors with over exercising and eating clean and being really conscious as health and so I wasn't having the same kind of emotional attachment as I was in the past because I was at peace with it and I could maintain it it was obsessive 100 percent was I conscious of my weight yes I was was I still obsessed with my appearance yes. Um, Was I really over-conscious of food? Yes. But in my mind, I just decided, but this is health. This is me being healthy. I'm super healthy and I'm super fit. This is good. (laughs) And so I pulled myself into this false sense of security um, that I was healed all of a sudden. I was still very, very thin. Um, And so from there, I became a personal trainer and I started to learn more, right? I started to be educated. And that kind of helped me to transform some of my behaviours, for sure. But my deep inner concept was still running rampant. And at that time, uh, my relationship um, ended and I, that began my inner journey. That began my mental and emotional journey back to self. This was the moment that helped me to reinvent my identity. Those beliefs of not being important, those beliefs of not being enough. This is what started my inner healing journey of my self-concept. And when this began, my behaviors and my associations with my body started to transform. And I'm gonna lead this into part two because I'm now at 15 minutes, so I don't want to take up so much more time. But that relationship ending and that was like the pivotal moment. I was in a relationship that wasn't it wasn't healthy. It was toxic. I didn't feel happy. And for so many years, probably five years, I stayed in that because I was afraid. I was afraid to leave. I was afraid um, that I'd be alone. I'd, I had all those fears, right, that so many of us have um, at the thought of losing something that we feel like we need. And so that moment of deciding that I can't do this, I can't marry this person, um, was the moment that that was the first thing that I did for myself that was honoring myself in my emotional home. And from that moment on, I went on such a deep healing, transformational journey that has, I mean, it's still going, but that took me on a massive trajectory of finding my happiness, of truly pulling myself out of this shitty place of self-neglect, of self-loathing, of self-punishment and of a place where my health was really down the toilet and where my happiness, that was the first decision that I had made for my happiness. And so this is the one thing I want you to walk away with, with today's podcast episode is that sometimes when we're wanting to improve our health and a lot of us mistake improving our health with solely losing weight or changing our physique, two totally different things. Um, But the thing that we miss is that we focus on the physicality of health. We, We focus on the external change. And what's what triggers the external change to take place is when you start from the inside out. When you go from the inside out, not or when I when I change my body, I'll be happy. I did that for way too long and I was never happy. In fact, it made me even more unhappy. And so the moment I took that action step, I took that courageous step and I said, no, I'm not standing for this. I cannot do that. This is not happy for me. This is not going to be great for my future that was the one thing i decided for myself my happiness my happiness and when i took that action that's when everything in relation to my health and my body image and my relationship with food and exercise and my own self-concept started to change so one thing i want you to walk away with from this episode today is yes from my story that sounds awful but it was such a an important story and i'm so grateful for my experience because it has led me to who I am today, my beautiful family, my business, my soul work, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But the one thing that I want you to remember is that if you're stuck in the cycle of feeling like you need to change your external world, change your job, change your relationship, change your physical appearance, your size, your shape, your weight, I really call you to connect deeper within yourself and look for the things within yourself that need paying attention to. And it might be that you leave a relationship or you start a relationship. It might be that you change your career or change your job. It might be that you start to honour your boundaries and say, no, these are all things that if you take these steps towards happiness, right, rather than looking at your physical body, looking at you and your external visual appearance, when you start focusing on your inner world, this helps to shift your health and it helps you shift your physical alignment with health in leaps, in leaps. And I'm going to leave you with that Um, and I'll leave you with the rest of my story in part two. (laughs) But that's how I started making my way out of this shitty place with my health and my happiness is that I made a decision solely based on my happiness and suddenly things changed. I mean, there's been so much that has happened since then, uh, which I'll talk to in part two. But I have to tell you this. Your inner concept is the thing that has to change. The way that you see yourself, the way you feel about yourself, the stories that you have running about who you are, they're the things that ultimately are going to change your life, change the actions, your behaviours, your habits, change the attitudes and the beliefs that you have about how you show up as that version of yourself because we're only ever going to be attracting and experiencing and behaving in ways that are an unconscious match for us. So I'm going to leave you with that. So thank you for joining me today uh, for Episode 5, How I Made My Way Out of a Shitty Place with My Health and Happiness Part 1. Thanks for sticking around a little longer this time. Um, I hope that you took something from this. I hope that this story, no matter where you are, helps you to feel like you're not alone and whatever you're experiencing within your journey you can bring it back down to the roots and when you tune into yourself and you connect with your self-concept and your self-identity and your happiness and you take action in alignment with that this is where everything changes so big love and until next time
0: I'll see you soon Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found today's episode enjoyable, if it was helpful, supportive, please share it with all your favourite people. But most of all, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favourite channel. And until next time, I'll see you soon.